Master Tavern Keepers, History of the Old World. And so, with the tale of Abdul ben Lashid fresh in our minds, it now seems appropriate to talk of the place of his birth, Bel Aliad, the city of spices. Bel Aliad was originally founded around 2,140 years before the start of the imperial calendar by exiles from Bagar, following a... Uh, Serious slave trading quarrel that erupted into open war between two high-ranking families in the old city. The violence that ensued forced the Prince of Bagar to step in and he expelled the survivors. These uh, Bagar nomads wandered the desert for a decade before there arose a new leader who decided they needed to begin again and eventually founded the city on the outskirts of the Malaluk Desert. This leader, whose name is alas lost to us, was the ancestor of the Prince of Bel Aliad at the time of the war against Nagash, a man whose name we do actually know. His name was Suhedir al-Kazim, also known as the Keeper of Hidden Paths, and he will feature in the war, but um, more on that later, eh? Back to the city, though. Bel Aliad, as a uh, younger enclave, was not as large in size as the neighbouring older cities, being somewhere between, uh, well, a small city and a large town. Oh, can I just stop you for a moment there, Septimus? I've just got a quick question for you. Out of interest, was this anywhere near the jungles of the Lizardmen? Ah, no. Actually, it was in completely the opposite direction, although uh, still situated in the west of Nehekara. Bel Aliad was slightly uh, inland from the northern coast, separated from our very own Tylean Sea by the aforementioned Malaluk Desert, an area inhabited by both the most fearsome of warrior nomads and the most welcoming of silver-tongued traders. Oh, yeah. And uh, was this where you encountered the vampire, Sulizin? He seems to fit that uh, latter description. Ah, actually, that was to the east of Zandri, on the shores of the River Mortis. But the uh, Malaluk Desert was the area that he originally came from, and usually plied his trade and wares. Anyway, back in Nagash's time, Bel Aliad was part of the Spice Road, that led down to Bagar, Kasabar, and the Gulf of Medes. The way it played its part was this. The spices from the Far East, be they from Ind, Cathay, or wherever, first came by ship into the Gulf, before being transported up the Spice Road. On the way, some, of course, found their way to Kasabar and Bagar, but the majority ended up in the marketplaces and emporiums of Bel Aliad, 
it having easier access to the purses of the merchants of Zandri, Kemri and Numas, as well as their trading partners to the north in the old world itself. In this way, it was a uh, profitable little trading hub, although uh, not the only one. For there was also trade from the east coming into Lamia in the uh, eastern part of the country. But uh, we'll come back to that later, as it is a very important piece in the story of the war against Nagash. Even before the destruction of the Arabian city of Bel Aliad at the hands of Arkan the Black during the War of Death, 1149 years before the start of the imperial calendar, the Nehekaran city of Bel Aliad too suffered. Perhaps more so even than its later incarnation, as it did so at the hands of both sides during the Civil War. We will, of course, come to these events when we talk of the war itself, but for the moment, know this. It was in ruins at the end of the war and remained so until it was eventually resettled by the Arabians and went on to serve as the capital of the Arabian civilization until it was again raised to the ground. Although it was by no means a pushover. The Arabian warriors of Bel Aliad had always been renowned as spearmen and archers, but the dynamic of the army sharply changed in the latter years of uh, Bel Aliad's existence, and a new formation arose, the Kontoi, led by the masterful commander Al-Khattab. Wait a moment, Master Tavangeeper, I have heard of these warriors. Again, from my comrade in arms, Vendol, the Arabian vampire with whom he had to interact with on behalf of the uh, necromancer Valdotane, a curse beyond upon his name, had claimed to have begun their adult life as a member of something called the Contoy. Ah, one in the same. I'm afraid that uh, all I know of the Contoy is this, though. They were nobles of the city who had been trained as a warrior elite by a mysterious figure known only as the Blade Immortal. These warriors were unusual at the time, for they wore bronze and iron armor and a helmet over their robes and rode upon desert horses. Oh, yeah, yeah, I have heard too of this Blade Immortal, although uh, Vendor called him by another name. Ah, uh, ah, uh, wait a moment, what was it now? Vendor had to tell me a few times as I struggled to remember it. Ab, ab, abor, ab... Wait a cock. You don't mean... Uh, Aborash? Aborash? Oh, yeah, yeah, that was it. How did you know that, Master Tavengeeper? Why, I myself mentioned Aborash to you yesterday, Heinrich. He was the Lamian protector of the throne of both Neferata and her brother. It was he that recruited both Wallach Harkon and his cousin, the uh, pirate King Luther Harkon, as he would become, that your grandfather encountered off the Vampire Coast into the Lamian City Guard. Oh, yeah, yeah. I completely missed that connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that means that after the destruction of Lamia, Aberash must have journeyed to Bel Aliad where he founded the uh, Contoy. How fascinating. 
What else did your friend Vendel tell you of uh, Aborash and his contoy, Heinrich? Oh, yeah, well, Vendel said that he taught the nobles the way of the Tulva, a uh, sword from Ind, and lance, and molded them into a powerful cavalry unit that devastated all who stood before them. Apparently, later in the history of the Contoy, some of the best and brightest were elevated to become vampires in the cult of Mordig, some even becoming high priests. And uh, this was, in fact, what happened to Vendel's associate. Ah, I see. And did this vampire lord, this associate of your comrade Vendel, not have a name? Perhaps it is someone we know. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Forgive my tardiness in not having mentioned it already. But it was uh, no lord, Master Tavernkeeper. It was a lady. Lady Amina Hakim. Amina Hakim. Why do I know that name? I shall uh, have to ponder on that. However, there is still one more thing that is um, perplexing me, let's say. I still do not quite have a handle on this whole uh, cult of Mordig. These uh, followers of the great ghoul, as you described them. Why did they worship such a bizarre deity? And why did his worship just suddenly arise? Oh, yeah, yeah. I put the same question to Vendel as it happens. He told me that as a series of plagues ravaged what would become Araby and the already devastated lands of Nehekara, the cult of Mordig began to rise in prominence in cities like Bel Aliad. Their worshippers turned to this uh, new god to preserve them from death and provide for them as food became scarce. What with the uh, workers in the fields and the cattle and livestock that they uh, tended, succumbing to the diseases that stalked the lands. But uh, the way that they did this was through cannibalism, through the eating of corpses, and in such sordid surroundings, many vampires found a haven from persecution and ready cohorts of followers. But uh, apparently, the real influx of vampires really began after the departure of Ab... 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 Aborash! Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Master Tavernkeeper. Yeah, Aborash. Why can't I keep his name in my mind? It is most strange. Ah, well. Zoviso, what happened was this. A few years before the destruction of Bel Aliad, the city was attacked by an alliance of desert tribes led by a powerful war leader called the Sand Snake. The Contoy rode out to meet the would-be invaders, Vizior Aborash leading the charge. At that time, Vendel's vampiric associate, Amina Hakim, was one of these contoy warriors under his command, but uh, still immortal at the time. As ever, your Aborash led from the front, seeking out the fiercest and most skillful of the enemies to test his mettle against. But it was one of his warrior protégés, a rival of Amina Hakim's, whom she called Khalid, who somehow overcame the sand snake. 
Although, Vendor said Amina did not actually see the humbling of the sand snake. Rather, she merely heard about it from some of her own comrades in arms, that it had been Khalid that had impaled her on his lance. That said, from others, she heard it was Abarash himself who pierced the enemy leader and saved his protégé's life. Who can say which is true? But uh, whichever, in the aftermath, the remaining followers were routed. After the battle, Abarash suddenly left the city with some of his best warriors. The triumphant Khalid remained in the uh, city, so he had his eye on trying to take the throne of the Caliph, you see. He also kept the remains of the sand snake in an ornate sarcophagus as a prize. Although all was not as it seemed, and Amina later learned that this sand snake was in fact a vampire, a warrior queen from the east. What? Surely not. Surely not Neferata, the last queen of Lamia. She would certainly fit that description. Oh, uh, I do not know such things. Only what Vendel told me. What he did tell me was this so. Khalid eventually freed the vampire, and both he and his sister subsequently received her dark kiss, and two became vampires. Apparently, this Khalid was already part of the cult of Mordig, and through him, the Sand Snake too infiltrated the cult, where her charms, power, and uh, savviness saw her quickly rise to lead it and take the epithets the Queen of the Night and the Charnel Bride. With Aborash gone, leadership of the Contoy lay with the most senior warrior, Al Khattab who, like Khalid, had ambitions to become the next caliph of Bel Aliad. Seeing both this Queen of the Night and Khalid as threats to his aims, he attempted to assassinate his rivals. He failed. In response to this, the ghouls of the cult were unleashed and a bloody civil war began between the two factions. Amina Hakim, newly a vampire and high priest of the cult, found her loyalties split between the cult and the contoy and left the city in disgust. This was fortunate. As the two sides tore both each other and the city itself apart, Arkan the Black arrived at the head of a massive army of the undead. He attacked the city and everyone still within its walls be they living or undead, were killed and joined his army. Although I do not know why he attacked in the first place. Ah, well, I think I can help you out there. After the resurrection of the Tomb Kings as an entire race from their uh, deathly slumber, Arkan the Black found himself beset by the enemies he'd put into the ground in life, as both Nagash's vizier and his most loyal servant. Rather than be destroyed by the combined armies of the undead Nehagarans, he fled, fleeing into the lands of Araby, intent upon creating a new power base. And Bel Aliad was to be it. The living and the undead in the city were simply in 
the way. Oh, yeah, I see. And so, tell me this then, Septimus. Is your uh, Bel Aliad now a thriving city like Karsabar? Alas, no. Each attempt to take and rebuild the city has failed, with the last permanent settlement being destroyed by the Crusaders over a century ago. Bel Aliad is now simply ruins that are slowly being swallowed up by the desert. Of course, there are rumours of ancient treasures and powerful artefacts hidden in the remains of the city, but the truth of it is this. Only death awaits mortals who set foot in her confines. It is not a place for the living.